Hello, and welcome to Bangers, the video game podcast where we talk about games in which you shoot things. Good games, bad games, mad games. This week, in the dark future of the 41st millennium, there are only pop mariachi bands. Space Hulk Deathwing is a first-person shooter developed by Strayum On Studio with assistance from Cyanide, published by Focus Home Interactive in 2016 with an enhanced edition re-release in 2018. It has an average Metacritic rating of... 56.5 So it was released on PC for Steam. It was released on the PlayStation 4, and it was released on the Xbox One. Surprising no one, I played it on PC. I played it on PS4, and I have to say, it was a bit of a ball ache to buy, because I didn't want to go and pay £35.99 for it (laughs) on PlayStation Network. So I had to go a real fucking rigmarole way around of buying it which I won't get into, but it was annoying and expensive. It's pretty easy for me. It just happened to go on Steam sale like immediately after we decided to start it. I know, I was so irritated because I paid <laughs> 20 quid for it and then it was like a yeah. tenner on the Steam sale. Yeah, that was good. That's really good timing. This is a Warhammer 40,000 game, but it isn't a Warhammer 40,000 game because... It has the words Warhammer 40,000 are not used anywhere on the box or in the game. It is set in the universe, but it well, is if... not branded as such. Well, it's based on the, the Space Hulk board game license. And if it was Warhammer 40,000, it would be Warhammer 40,000, Space Hulk, Deathwing. And then the enhanced edition would be Warhammer 40,000, Space Hulk, Deathwing, enhanced edition. And that name is too long. So what's more iconic, Space Hulk or Warhammer 40,000? Lots of people liked Space Hulk. Yeah. I thought it was one of their best ones. That's true. Okay, so if you consider Star Wars, a lot of people know who Luke Skywalker is, but you wouldn't release like a TV show just called Luke Skywalker. It would be Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, or Star Wars would be in the branding somewhere. (laughs) Warhammer 40,000 is nowhere to be seen. It's just Space Hulk Deathwing. I think it's because I think it's it has to be a license thing. It's got to be a license thing. Yeah. It it must be because which is also bizarre because there are a million Warhammer 40,000 games. Yeah. Did you ever play Warhammer 40,000? I did. I was more of a fantasy boy, but I did play 40,000. I played as Zinch, Chaos Space Marines, and Tau when they were released. Uh, so my my main Warhammer 40,000 army was Dark Angels. Okay, so this is actually quite on point yep. for you. Yeah, mainly Ravenwing, so the bikey mans. Should we explain what Warhammer 40,000 is? <laughs> well, it's quite it's interesting that we've done this immediately after doing a 2000 AD game. 
True. Because um, it's another like weird 1980s British sci-fi thing about a future in which everything is horrible. That's correct, yes. It used to be funny as well. Like First generation Warhammer 40,000 used to be funny. Like People would wear deer stalker hats and be called like Watson Holmes and things like that. Obi-Wan Sherlock Clouseau. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it is now funny again. Like they've they've had a new editorial direction and they've decided that they're going to be funny again. Oh, thank God, because when we were kids, it was so dour. I remember I started collecting it. I started getting my army together. And then just one day, almost overnight, it changed from, oh, paint all your dudes like bright green. And your orcs are all happy and like comedy people. And then suddenly it's like, yeah, everything's grey now. Yeah, Warhammer 40,000 is a tabletop game. It's uh, set in a uh, grim, dark uh, future where everyone has forgotten what technology is, and but they still use it anyway. They worship it. Well, they it. know they know what technology is. It's just at some point they screwed up in a massive, massive way. And like most of the people who know how to make things new died. So all the people left are basically people who sort of learned how to do technology by repetition rather than understanding how it works. Yeah, so that's sort of the basis of that. Um, yeah, but this is based on the Space Hulk board game. Did you ever play the Space Hulk board game? Never did. I never, ever have. I have been invited to several times as an adult but i have to admit i really don't like the warhammer forty thousand setting um so space hulk is actually one of their really good ones okay. um it's up there with epic Warmaster and more time for me for like good things what games workshop has done cool it's big conceit is that one player's playing as the space marines who they move very slowly They've got very powerful ranged weaponry and they've got very powerful area denial. And the other player is playing as the Gene Stealers, who are about as close to the alien from Alien as you can get without, like, lawsuits. Yeah, there are xenomorphs, but not litigious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they are fast and they can move in places where the space marines can't cool so there there are bits of this of the board that the only the gene stealers can go in they're meant to be like the vents and also you when the game is set up the gene stealer player doesn't necessarily put any models on the table they put little blips that it could be like this blip is five gene stealers or it could be this blip is no gene stealers Mm. so they have to like deceive the uh, Space Marine player and trick them into getting into a situation where they can get close. Cool. So yeah, it's very much that alien fantasy and that's going to come up a lot, I think, when we actually discuss the video game. Uh, There's been a lot of Space Hop video games. There have. That was another difficulty in purchasing this video game. Yes. (laughs) Two notable ones are the ones from the 1990s. Um, that terrified me as a small child when my cousins played them. <laughs> uh, there was one from 1993 in which you play as the Deathwing. Cool. Um, which I think this is meant to be a spiritual spiritual successor to, um, which is a really weird... It's not actually a shooter, but you play it from a first-person sp- perspective. Weird. 
And there was a second one in 1995-ish, depending on where you are, which is much the same sort of thing. It's a bit more tactics-y, and you play as the Blood Angels. There's a mobile game in 2005, which was a pretty faithful board game adaptation. Yeah, I think that might have been a... uh, That might have come to PC as well. And there was a sort of fan-made pseudo-legal freeware thing that basically transplanted the board game rules, but in a lawyer-friendly way. There's a lot of video game media surrounding this old board game. This is a Left 4 Dead-like. Yeah, it is Left 4 Dead-like, where you play as Latin Nazis with Shakespearean accents, and they go for a walk on the set of James Cameron's Aliens. That's basically (laughs) the game. So... In the universe, a space Hulk is like, it's a big amalgamation of like ships and space stations that's been sort of floating through space for thousands and thousands of years. And it's sort of accreted into a massive mess of spaceships and space junk. Yeah, it's a junkyard in space, basically. That's mutated and been pulled together. It's like a a rat king of spaceships of debris. Because Warhammer 40,000 takes place in a universe that's horrible, and often things that are that are horrible take residence in Space Hulks. Yeah. So sometimes they have to be chased out. As James said, first-person shooter, you are charged as members of Deathwing with going in there and flushing out the Tyranids and also doing X, Y, and Z other thematic missions. There's some complications based around a secret that anyone who liked Dark Angels in this universe will know before they go in. So, And to be honest with you, the setup's actually really amazing. Like As soon yeah. as you start this game, it really sells the fantasy of being a Terminator. It sells it really, really well. You feel heavy. The enemies are just falling in waves at your feet. You exude like the stompy big badass beefcake space marine. This is what I wanted the big daddy fantasy to be. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, it does better than Bioshock 2 in selling you as this massive hulk of a genetic You're like a walking tank. Yeah, you're you're a walking walking tank. tank. Yeah, it's really good. And the environments are all sort of decaying gothic spaceships. You go into like space cathedrals and then next you're in like the under deck that's more like a decaying post-industrial wasteland and there's bits of asteroid that you walk through it's all very atmospheric it is definite aliens vibes like there's endless amounts of enemies that just come at you and it makes the gravity of the situation like actualized like they actually it actually feels like you're up against something because there's waves and waves and waves of aliens coming at you at all times it never ends and you're going from encounter to encounter you're constantly being attacked. You're constantly on the attack, then on the defensive, then on the retreat. You feel like you're in a dangerous and oppressive place, which sells the fantasy. It sells what the Space Hulk actually is. It doesn't give a shit about you. Like, it doesn't give a shit that yeah. the encounters it's giving you might be never-ending. It doesn't give a shit that it might be unbalancing the gameplay by just throwing waves and waves and waves of these aliens at you. It's solely interested 
as a game in selling this idea of of the Space Hulk and of you being a um, a Terminator or a librarian. I think we should bring up the the different versions of this. Okay. So in the 2016 version, um, which I had a short tryout of, mm-hmm. uh, there are quite a few problems. Yeah, this uh, from the Metacritic average, you can tell this game did not review well and still doesn't review well. Um, it has a fan base, but yeah, there were a lot of problems when it first released. Um, these range from the sort of poor QA but not actually involving they don't actually affect your play much the some of the tooltips are in French still and some of the tooltips just aren't there to things like multiplayer just doesn't really work like it's you can't connect to it yeah which for a game which is trying to be Warhammer 40,000 left for dead that's kind of a problem yeah uh, the enhanced edition is much much better um, I'm I had one crash at all in the Enhanced Edition. Yeah. Um, and that was partly an alt-tab-related thing, which lots of games do that, so I'm not going to hold it against it too much. I didn't really have too many technical issues with Enhanced Edition. The frame rate was all over the place when the screen got really crazy. Um, so I, I I did have some mega frame drops at, not nothing to the point where it crashed, but I had some drops to around fifteen frames per second. This, it wasn't uh, something that happened a lot, but it was something that happened regularly enough. Like it happened at least once per mission, so that is a bit of an issue for a twenty eighteen game. I did have a couple of frame drops, but not all that many. It was mainly that seemed to be related to the flamethrower more than anything else. Yeah. Speaking of which, shall we root two point and shoot? Rooty tooty, point and shooty. James, I don't know about you, but just like our last game, Rogue Trooper, I enjoyed a lot of the guns in this. Yeah. Some of them were kind of pointless, but I enjoyed them anyway. I enjoyed most of the weapons. Yeah. I wasn't sold on one of them. It was one of the me- it was like the big mace one. I can't remember its name. Yeah, I predominantly used the uh, heavy flamer throughout most of the game. So your basic setup is you get your shooty weapon, and then in your offhand you can carry a melee weapon. Unless your main weapon decide is is a melee weapon. Most of the weapons, like the heavy flamer, etc. If you decide to take that, then your offhand is always going to be the um, the power fist. Which is powerful but slow. Yes. So it's not a bad weapon, but you're not going to rely on it because its rate of fire is quite low. Should we run through the weapons? I think we should uh, go through the classes, which I know you didn't cover so much because you mainly played single player. Yeah, I was forced to be this one class. Because the classes also give you some powers. Which, for the single-player character, the librarian is basically space magic. Yeah, pretty much. You are a space wizard. Yeah. Uh, But for the other classes, which also depends, which also affects what guns you can take. 
So the first class is the term is the Terminator Librarian, uh, which is the magic guy. Uh, he can use the Force Sword or Force Axe as his melee weapon, or the Power Power Fist if he uses a heavy weapon. And he gets a Stormbolter by default, which is the standard gun. Mm -hmm. Do you think of the Stormbolter? It was I liked it, but it was kind of pointless in. It felt good, but it was pointless in what it actually was, and so it was the Mark II. Yeah. The Stormbolter and the Stormbolter Mark II function as the sort of standard rapid-fire assault weapon that you'll see in most shooters. It's completely adequate for your regular enemy, but it is not going to do much against some of the bigger guys. Yeah, it's not good enough. For, it's not multifunctional enough and good enough to really take as a serious option. He, um, he also has some powers. He's got chain lightning, uh, knockback, fireballs, and a thing where he teleports people and explodes them. Did you use them much? So I went full magic in my playthrough. I was very much uh, firing my lightning all the time. I was sending this, like a tornado, an inferno tornado that you can send and direct the where it goes. So you can fire it down a corridor and then bring it back up the corridor. Or if you have a choke point, you can like force it on the choke point and hold it there. I really, really enjoyed the the magic play in this game. It It felt a bit weird being a big hulking space wizard, but at the same time, it diversified the play enough that it made me feel like I didn't have to just rely on my gun. Like the magic was, it always felt like that. Like I had a different uh, method of attack. So the next class is the tactical marine. In single player, you'll use most of the guns on the librarian, but in multiplayer, the tactical marine has access to the stormbolter and power fist, as usual. He also has access to the heavy flamer. The heavy flamer was my gun. I loved it. It really sold the um, it sold the fantasy even more. So you're going into these areas, these tight corridors, and you're stomping around, and then these creatures, these scurrying little bastards, are running at you, and you're just setting them all on fire. It was pure aliens fantasy. It's got a really long range for a flamethrower in video game. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it might be one of my like the best flamethrowers in video games. It is really, really cool. I really liked it quite a lot. Like, I, I do like flamethrowers in general, but I like the big, beefy flamethrowers. I think Halo's got quite a beefy flamethrower, if memory serves. But this one was just ah, it was perfection. I, what I really like is when a gun or an item in the game further sells the the theme, the fantasy, and the heavy flamer was just perfect at that. He can also use the Redemption Bolter, which I used once or twice. It is a shotgun. Yeah, it pretty much is. <laughs> it's a fairly good shotgun. I never felt it was as fun as like most of the other weapons. Yeah, that's the problem. But that's with... more that the other weapons are good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the problem with some of the more function, uh, function-oriented weapons, is that, yeah, they're good, but... The gimmicks of the other weapons are so much more fun. Yeah. That you know, why would you use them? 
He can also use the lightning claws, which means you don't have a gun, but you're quite good in close combat. Yeah. Um, I tried to, it. It just wasn't for me. Um, some of the people I played with online went pretty melee heavy, but I, I just didn't get it. It didn't. It never clicked with me. Yeah, consensus seems to be for online player that if you go melee, then you're pretty much onto a winning strategy. Like a lot of people would be lightning claw or nothing. Yeah. Uh, and the spear of Caliban. The spear of Caliban is an upgrade to the plasma cannon. Yes. It is a higher rate of fire, lower damage version of the plasma cannon, which just fires like a big ball of blue, which just explodes the thing that it hits. It's it's pretty much one hit kill for a lot of enemies. It's one hit kill against pretty much anything that isn't really big. Yeah. And the Spear um, of Caliban is just that, but less powerful. It's less fire. powerful. You never need to reload it. No, it just gets to zero and then recharges, yeah. basically. Uh, the plasma cannon jams quite a lot. Your weapons can all jam, which means you can't fire for a couple of seconds. Yeah, and that's um, so cool. Like If you've got a heavy yeah. flamer out and you're flamethrowing everything and there's just hordes of enemies coming at you and then the flamethrower runs out of juice or it jams or it overheats and you're like, oh my god, and there's all these things attacking you and you've got to punch the shit out of them to get them away from you and then finally the flamethrower piles up again and it is, ramps up and you can just get them oh it's so good it's so so good <laughs> so the next guy is the assault class uh who gets a big shield get a big shield yeah uh his standard weapon is the power mace and i was not sold on the power mace which is mainly because of the next weapon yeah there are a couple of examples of a weapon where it's like why would i use this when i could use this uh, which is the Thunder Hammer, which works very, very like the Power Mace, but it is better in every way. It's just, it's like a massive, like, Thor hammer. You smack things and they die weapon. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You hit things, it will die. There are very few enemies that can stand up to it. You yeah. just pile through dozens and dozens of the horde as you slam um, it down. We. Once made the mistake of allowing someone to play with the Thunder Hammer when Friendly Flyer was turned on. <laughs> do not do this, uh, because you will kill your squad mates and they will not thank you. No. He can also he can teleport onto enemies and he has shields. Cool. The next guy who was actually my favourite guy is the heavy weapons dude. And he has my favourite gun in the game. It's the assault cannon. Oh, the assault cannon. Cool. The assault cannon is, and its unique version, um, which is the vengeance cannon. Yeah. Um, it's a minigun. Yeah, and it just rips you, through things. You point it down a corridor, and things in that corridor are now dead. Yeah, it is kind of incredible. Like, it just shreds through matter, and that is what you're left with, just like bits of the tyranid left behind. It just yes. absolutely decimates everything. Um, we'll get onto this a bit later. Um, the guy who I was playing with, uh, I took the assault cannon. One, he got a bit stuck behind. He commented that I was able to find you because you just left a, left a trail of blood and gibbs. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's fun. He can also take the plasma cannon, which we covered a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, he can take the non spear of Caliban version. 
Yeah, just the standard. Um, one of the NPC Terminators in the campaign is a heavy weapons guy. He's not very good at his job, in my opinion. His special abilities are a deployable mine, which is fantastic. Uh, the next guy is the guy I played the most. He's the Apothecary, who is the medic. Yeah. And I played as the Apothecary because someone has to play as the Apothecary. Yeah, uh, you need a medic in this game. Like, you need someone who can heal you. Yeah. He's, fortunately, he has another really good gun. Uh, he's got access to the standard Storm Bolter. But he also has the Hellfire Bolter. Yeah. Which is kind of a rocket launcher. Yeah, it's a rocket launcher pistol, basically. Yeah, you point it at things and it shoots like a thing. And I think in the universe it's got like an acid. And when it hits things, it sort of mutates their flesh into spontaneously combusting. <laughs> um, which is a sort of weirdly complicated way for that to do it. But yeah, it's a rocket launcher pistol. Which is a lot of fun. That is yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, his powers are he can heal one other player, he can heal himself, and he can heal everyone in like a circle around you. In a single player campaign, your other guy is a, um, your buddy is an apothecary. No. And, yes, and uh, I just called them Naz and Baz. <laughs> so <laughs> he in his offhand where Baz can have a a melee weapon Naz has the uh, the thing that heals you well it's not actually for healing you it's for when you die he cuts the bit out of you that makes you a space marine so he can put it in a jar cool <laughs> but functionally in the video functionally game, he's a healer that's yeah. what it does yeah and the chaplain who's only in the Enhanced Edition. He's sort of like a support wizard. He can res, he gives other players temporary invulnerability, and he can activate damage reflection. Sweet. He, he doesn't particularly have any interesting weapons, but he does have a... It's like an eagle on a stick that he hits people with, but it's just <laughs> a... It's a mace. Nice. Okay. So that is the guns. There's a lot of them. That is, we've rooted, we've tooted, we've pointed, we've shooted. Rooty tooty, point and shooty. You played this multiplayer on PS4. Yeah, we played this game a little bit different to each other. The idea was that I wanted to... We could have both played it on PC. We could have done, but... And you could have joined my games with, like, randos and with our friend. Yeah. But I thought it'd be kind of fun to just see what different communities were like. So I played this on PS4 with the idea of playing with randomers. Um, the majority of our friends have their PC gamers, so that's where they'd be playing. I thought, yeah, cool. I'll let James deal with our friends. I'll go and hang with the cool kids on PlayStation Network. How did that work out for you? This was a terrible idea. <laughs> I had thought my my initial idea was to record what they said to me and then we'd we'd reenact it. But some of the things they said were so vile and so horrible that 
I don't think either well, of us would like to... Were there some heated gamer moments? Well, I'd join, and I'd just start, and I'd be like, hey, everyone, and then they'd start calling me homophobic slurs, they'd <laughs> call each other the N-word, they hated each other. Like, I, I have to say as well, I didn't match with a single European, everybody else was American. We okay. not nothing against the Americans, but they all seem to hate each other. Like they're really nasty mm. to each other. So I had to make a decision: Do I continue trying to play like this, or do I just go it alone? And I thought, well, yeah, it is much better to play on your own than have to deal with these bastards. So I went solo, played the single player game. You're joined with, uh, you're forced to be a librarian who can use all the weapons in the game. Uh, he unlocks them after every mission, unlocks a new weapon. You're joined by Baz and Naz, who Baz is a grumpy, fatalistic, heavy weapons guy. And Naz... You can also turn into an assault guy if you give him assault weapons. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. And Why Naz, would you do that? Naz is the healer. So Naz always, because you can only use the healing um, the healing ability with the Storm Bolter, he always had a Storm Bolter. As soon as I could, I gave Baz the, uh, the hammer and shield, and I predominantly used the Heavy Flamer when I got it. And the progression for single player is that you level up from perk points, there are secrets that you can find in the game and they help provide you more perk points. And these perk points uh, are attributed to skills. I predominantly went down the magic and team building uh, skills. So my team were really, really good and could kind of handle themselves. It was really nice, actually, the fact that the AI could could do its thing and it I wasn't constantly babysitting it. So the Steam community for this game is surprisingly nice. Yeah? Um, they roleplay. That's, well, is that good? Because again, you're playing as fur Latin Nazis with Shakespearean accents. Well, what they do is you enter into a game and everyone's going like, Brothers! Nice. Um, and then you play the game and they go, Over here, brothers! And then you leave the game and they go, good job, brothers. And then that's it. So. Well, that's <laughs> nice. I just got called a limey homophobic slur. That's all um, I got. And I don't know if that's applicable in the Warhammer 40,000 universe. I also, I also got played called this... a libtard a lot. I, I didn't oh. say anything like... I, you didn't say anything political. I didn't say anything political. I didn't push out any of my values or views. And I was called a libtard. Pretty much, I, I, I had four multiplayer games. Um, none of them were to completion. I didn't finish a single mission uh, because I either everyone bounced or I bounced because I don't want to spend my free time being called a libtard and homophobic slurs. Uh, so I played a couple, also played a couple of rounds with our friend Deck, who is very nice. I hope he's listening. He better. We need those. <laughs> we need those listens, Deck. 
He thought it was an extremely atmospheric game, and he has some opinions on sausages. Oh, does he? Will we get yeah. Dex opinions later on? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I had a really good time. I might play it again. Yeah, I had a nice <laughs> time in the single player, but uh, yeah, I I don't like playing games in multiplayer anywhere because I think mm. most human beings are awful. Space Wolves, Venerable Dreadnought, Murder Fang. Armed with the Murder Claws from the planet Omnicide. Shall we shall we briefly talk about the sort of the mission gameplay, what you're actually doing? The game is mission based. The missions are large. They are large levels. They're it's huge levels. Yeah. Right? They're, they're basically corridors that connect to slightly reasonably sized arenas but a lot of your gameplay is going to be running down these corridors or slowly stomping down these corridors some of them are so thin that you can only fit one terminator in at once so you're going single file which is very true to the board game yeah so basically you have to make decisions about who's going to go up front who's going to protect the rear there's a door system so you have to hack the doors sometimes to open them and you have to make decisions like do you want to seal the door behind you which stops the um the tyranids from running through or you can break open doors if you're in a hurry so say if if you don't have time because you're interrupted if you're attacked you're interrupted in your hack attempt so if you don't have time to hack a door and it's like god we've just got to get through this door and keep moving you can smash open the door, but that means that you won't be able to block that exit or entrance. There's also some walls you can bash through, which is great fun. Yeah, means you can get to places a lot quicker. There's turrets you can hack. I barely, very rarely felt the need to do this. Yeah, this is something I usually like to do in games, but it was a bit, it was a bit frustrating in this. Like you didn't really have all that much control and. The turrets didn't have a great angle of view, so you couldn't really use them against enemies. It would have been nice if you could have hacked them and they'd have like auto-fired on the Tyranids yeah. rather than having to do it yourself. Um, this was a bit of a missed opportunity, in my opinion. Like it, it, it would have been nice if that was another avenue of gameplay that you could have explored, but it just really wasn't that well implemented. Basically, all the missions consist of... You go into the level, you have to do one sci-fi task, military sci-fi task to open a door or turn off a generator or turn on a generator. And then you have to do another sci-fi task and then you have to get out. It's the do the thing uh, mission. Like, do the thing. It's like Republic Commander, Rogue Trooper. You're just doing things. You don't really... I very rarely kind of carried the thread of what I am actually doing. It it works for the, the theme of the game, but it's it's not the strongest part. Something I really liked about the level design is that the because there's you can't like climb ladders because you're in a walking tank. Yeah. And there's lots of like corridors that are too small for you to go down and things like that. So the levels feel a lot bigger than they actually are because there's bits you can't access that I don't think they bothered modelling, but it gives a great feel of scale to the world. Yeah, and the map isn't necessarily all that useful. Well, it's useful. is isn't necessarily all that reliable because 
you look at the map and you're like, oh my God, I can escape down here for a little bit of a reprieve. And you go down there and realize that the door is completely collapsed. So the ar- oh, there's an archway that's blocking your progress. So you're like, fuck, now I have to go back the way I came. I have to pile through even more Tyranid because they're just building up and building up and building up. And I have to try and figure out how to get to where I need to be, like what won't be collapsed. <laughs> yeah. It's it, and it looks fantastic. It's it's a yeah. very, very pretty game. It, it's, Especially for the budget it had. Yeah, it's a very good looking game. Exterminatus. I do have a major criticism. And this yep. really at times had me putting down the controller and just saying, fuck this, I'm not playing this today. The save system is terrible. The save system is really, really poor. Like, you can lose... I've lost, like, 20 minutes, half an hour's worth of progress. And all that means is... So, we've talked about you're you're slow, you're plodding through these environments. It's really atmospheric. And you're really... You're drinking in all this, this theme and the fantasy of it. But then you die to something that you're not really even sure like how you died. It's like, oh, killed by so-and-so. But it's like, oh, I thought I had loads of health left, but never mind. And then it resets you like 20 minutes ago. And you're like, well, I don't want to just slowly plod through where I've just been again. Like, I, I've seen that bit of the level. So I ended up just sprinting to where I died. And it killed the entire immersion for me. Like, it t- totally destroyed the fantasy. It was such a mood kill. And this happened pretty much every time I died. Every time I died, I'd have to retrace like a, a significant amount of time. And considering the game is just constantly shooting and killing, and there isn't anything more to the gameplay, and that's that's a a plus to it. But also, when you start to have to redo bits, and the game's already pretty repetitive, you're sort of like yeah this is this is no good there needs to be more variety here because i'm starting to lose interest i didn't really have this problem because i mainly played it in multiplayer Uh, in multiplayer when you die you have a countdown and after the countdown is over you respawn and can join your buddies you are teleported back in or the tactical marine and the Chaplin both have resurrection abilities that can bring you back in faster. Inquisitor Obi-Wan Sherlock Clouseau. James, did you like Space Hulk, Deathwing, Enhanced Edition, Not 40k, Warhammer, Warhammer? I enjoyed this game. I had quite a good time. I might play another couple of rounds if I can get people that I like to join in. Uh, Maybe you should get it on steam so we can play together yeah definitely i think this game's great i understand that games in the uh in the left for dead sort of subgenre of multiplayer shooters i understand there's a lot of them there's even one there's even vermintide and vermintide 2 in the warhammer catalog but this was a lot of fun and it had such a good atmosphere if you like warhammer uh, 40,000, if you're interested, if you're a fan of Alien and, and the Aliens franchise, this is a really good get, in my opinion. Yep, and I'd add to that, if you're into the Big Daddy fantasy, you should get there. Can we just explain what that is so we don't kind of have like a Catch the Predator 
sort of reaction to this episode. Yes. So um, in the Bioshock Minerva's Den episode, we complained that you don't really feel like one of the big stompy robot men from Bioshock who are called Big Daddies. And in this, you feel like a big stompy man. game's legacy so the game released in a very poor state this is made by the same people who made i divine cybermancy which is most certainly a game that we're going to cover at some point but that game is also renowned of being slightly impenetrable it's janky in places and it has a cult fan base obviously this has a should have a huge install base this game because it's based on a beloved franchise however i don't know i don't know whether it really reached the heights that they were hoping it would it was very buggy very broken on release and it's very hard to um it's hard to get people back in even if you even if you fix the problems later down the line if you've reached a poor steam review if you've reached a poor first impression consensus it's very hard to change people's minds in video games. And I don't know if, if they did with the Enhanced Edition, even though I think we both feel like this is a, a good game, this is a solid game and a solid experience. So what kind of sausage is Space Hulk Deathwing? So um, Space Hulk Deathwing is sausage that someone has bought from a butcher they won't tell you where they won't tell you what butcher it is and they don't won't tell you like anything about it and you put it on a barbecue and it turns out to be quite nice it's a mystery meat yeah i think it's quite beefy i think it's just pure unadulterated beef and it's not even properly formed like it's just <laughs> someone's got some mints and you think sm- it's like an american sausage yeah they've smushed which is like a weird cube of pork yeah they've smushed it together and they've got a here you go here's your fucking sausage and i well, <laughs> hang on that isn't in the shape of a sausage and it's like i don't give a fuck what you think a fucking sausage fucking looks like eat your fucking beef <laughs> So um, our friend Deck thought that it was a um, like a black pudding. That's a good one. That is a good yeah. one. I like that. What was his reasoning? Well, he thought, oh, this this is a black pudding. Um, it's got a fairly bad reputation, and it looks and sounds like it should be disgusting, but actually, it's pretty good. Don't people think black pudding's like a superfood now? Are we supposed to like drink each other's blood and stuff? I haven't been following food fads i'm sorry i'm not going to follow food fads well okay so i think what we can get out of this sausage talk is that this is a mystery meat potential beef blood sausage that is just mashed and and malformed and it's in a shape that is sort of recognizable as as what it should be um and it's very tasty and also we should start drinking each other's blood (laughs) say no to vampirism thank you for listening to bangers you can contact us at bangerspod on twitter or bangerspodcast at gmail.com 
Bye.